Luke 2, 16 through 21. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we celebrate your birth. We are so thankful that you lovingly agreed to leave heaven and come to earth as a baby, fully knowing the horrific death you were going to die one day for us, Lord. We thank you for that sacrifice. We love you. We thank you for the word that you've given us. We pray now that you would be with Pastor Tim as he teaches us from your word. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Uh, we're finishing our series called Good News. And this is the last week, three weeks into this. And so the first week we talked about how God's most amazing promise and provision is fulfilled through the unexpected. We see that in the birth of Jesus Christ. The second week we talked about this proclamation of that good news, this good news, great joy for all people. And then this morning we're talking about our response to this good news. And so uh, we're going to look at that this morning, the first response to the good news of Jesus. But today, Christmas evokes all kinds of responses. You think about this in our culture, a lot of us have joy and celebration and adoration at Christmas time. And some of us don't even know who Jesus is, but people just celebrate and they are joyful at Christmas time. And those are some of the responses that we have at Christmas. But we also have responses of just stress. I mean, we just think about, is she going to like what I bought her? I know she says she loves me and that's all that matters, but I'm not so sure. Some of you are thinking right now, like, I haven't actually got her anything yet. And you need to start stressing. Right? Stress needs to come over you for the first time. And so the reality is there's lots of responses, joy, celebration, stress. For some of us, it goes deeper than that. For some of us, Christmas is the loneliest time of the year. For some of us, Christmas is associated with deep, deep pain because of loss in the past or conflict and difficulty in the present. And if you're here this morning, maybe you came for some joy and some hope in the midst of that difficulty today. But Christmas evokes all kinds of responses. But listen, I want you to hear this, that wherever you are this morning, I'm so glad you're here. Because we're going to look at the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus, that God came near. That God came near, that a Savior has come. That he came to rescue you that he came to rescue me, that that's a truth that we celebrate today, that Jesus Christ changed the world for eternity, that he split history into two sections, and that 2,000 years later, we celebrate the same Jesus Christ, amen? 
that that's good news. And so wherever you are this morning, if you're celebrating, if you're adoring, if you're lonely, or if you're depressed, I want you to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came, and that we celebrate that, and we respond to that along with, listen, along with a few billion people across the globe, that depending on their time zone, at this time of year, they're celebrating the birth, the good news of Jesus Christ, that that's what you're a part of, and that's what we want to respond to. And so we're going to look at the first response to this good news in Luke chapter 2. Diana read it earlier, but I want you to look at the text with me. Verse 16. It says, And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph, the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. So if you missed last week, they refers to the shepherds. The saying that was made known is what the shepherds heard from the angel. In the, in the text we just read last week, my, one of my most uh, favorite phrases, three phrases in all the Bible, good news, great joy, all people. We just read that. The shepherds heard this declaration from the angel that they would find a baby in a manger that he's Savior, Christ, and Lord. And so you see the shepherds, they go and they say, let's go to Bethlehem and see this. Because they want to experience this Savior for themselves. And what they do now has so much significance. They make known the saying that was told to them. And so you just have to imagine this scene. You have Mary, a poor teenage girl from a small town. And she was told by an angel, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. You have Mary. And then you have Joseph, and he was also told by an angel in a dream that Mary would give birth to a child born of the Holy Spirit. And so you have Mary and Joseph who are told these amazing truths, and they've now come to fruition. Yet, it took a lot to get there, right? I mean, you just think about their situation. These life-altering truths were exclaimed to them privately, there's going to be a baby. He's going to be the Savior, the Son of God, born of the Holy Spirit. They were exclaimed privately, and then they go through a lot. There's pressure for divorce because Mary is a virgin. They have to make this 70-mile trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem to register for the census. They get to Bethlehem. There's no room in the inn. And they find themselves in a stable. And Mary finds herself giving birth to Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, and laying him in a feeding trough. And so there's lots of things going on in this scene, and there may have been times where they wondered, is this really God? Is this really God? Is he really at work in this? Were the angels accurate in what they told us? And then all of a sudden, some people show up and say, we heard it too. And the shepherds show up and say, we heard it too. In fact, we heard it would it work exactly this way. The baby, the manger, the Savior, that it's all a sign pointing us to Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus, that he came to save us. So just imagine Mary and Joseph, how significant that would be. All these 
proclamations have been made privately, but now they've been made publicly. That there's a group of men who show up after all the trek to Bethlehem, after the baby being born in a feeding trough. And this group of guys shows up and they say, we want to make known what we heard. That we heard the same thing. In fact, this is precisely what we were told to look for. Baby, manger, savior, that's all a sign that it's good news. Think of how comforting that would have been for Mary. If she ever wondered, think of how comforting that would be to hear from somebody else, I'm not crazy. Something is really happening here. Maybe she didn't fully understand it, but these group of men, they proclaim it to them. That we heard from an angel. That this is the Savior. That he's wrapped in swaddling clothes, just like the angel said. An incredible impact that the shepherds made just by sharing what they had seen and what they had heard. Remember the shepherds? They're lowly, they're ignorable, they're unimportant, and God makes known this to them. And they go to Bethlehem and they proclaim it to Joseph and Mary. And so we're not dealing with scholars, we're not dealing with rulers. These weren't people that knew everything about the Old Testament, about the prophecies. They're shepherds. All they know is what they've seen and what they've heard. But listen, that's all that they need. They go to Bethlehem and proclaim what they've seen and heard. You see, I think a lot of us, we think, when I know more, I'll talk about Jesus. I'll leave talking about Jesus to the more eloquent, to the professionals. I'll let them do that because maybe I'll mess something up. Listen, you need to know that the proclamation of Jesus is not about your worth. It's about his work. The proclamation of Jesus isn't about your work. It's about his worth. And so you don't have to be a Bible scholar. Listen, you don't have to be a salesman to talk about Jesus. You simply need to share what you've seen and what you've heard. Listen, the Bible is important. The word Bible is in our church name, Phoenix Bible Church. We love Scripture. I want you to know Scripture. I want you to study it and keep studying it for the rest of your life. I want you to know it, but you don't have to master it to talk about Jesus. Just like the shepherds, sometimes you need to just share what you've seen and what you've heard. Who is Jesus? What has he done? What if you just went and shared that and proclaimed that to your friends and family, especially at Christmas? Imagine the impact it would make. We see the impact that it makes here in the responses that come next. Look at verse 18. Verse 18. It says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen as it had been told them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And so if you look at that text, there's three primary responses to this good news, to this proclamation that the shepherds made known. The first one is this, all wondered. Do you see that? All of them wondered at this. Mary responded differently. She treasured and pondered. The shepherds glorified and praised God. And so you have wonder, ponder, and praise. 
as the responses to this first Christmas, to this good news of Jesus Christ being born. And I think those responses are a little bit hard for us to imagine. And so I'm going to need some help to illustrate that to you. And so I'm going to invite three kids. I need you to raise your hand. You're going to get to come back on stage. Invite three kids to raise your hand and raise them really high so I can see you because the lights are bright. Raise your hand. You're going to come help me on stage, illustrate these three responses. Maybe if you're a parent, why don't we do this? If you're a parent, grab your kids. So right there, Matthew Conus. One of you as a parent, bring your child on stage. And I need two more. One right there that I can't see. Parent, if you would grab your kid and come on stage. And then we need a third one. Right here, I hear the voice. I hear the voice. You come. Whoever's fastest to the stage. No, just kidding. Yeah, give her a clap. Come on now. This is the encore. You ready? You're back. All right, so here's what I need you guys to do. Your parents left me hanging, and it's just us. All right, so you guys ready? Here's what I want you to do. I want you right here to show me what it looks like to wonder. Listen, wonder just means to be amazed, to be in awe. So imagine your parents didn't get you socks for Christmas, but they got you Star Wars tickets for Christmas or your favorite toy. And as you open that up, what would you do? Something like this? I want you to do that, do that right now. Go ahead. Okay, act like you're surprised and hold that pose. Ready? Do this. Okay, so just imagine he's doing that. Okay, hold that pose. Freeze right there. He's surprised. He's wondering. All right, you see it. I know you do. And then second, here's what you're going to do. You're going to ponder. You know what ponder means? Of course you don't. Ponder means to think carefully or deeply about something. And so I want you to do this right here and just look real serious. And freeze right there, okay? Don't move. Okay. And then lastly, <laughs> we got wonder, ponder, and I want you to praise. This actually works out perfectly. I want you to praise. Can you turn this way? And I want you to just hold up your hands as high as you can. Perfect. That's perfect. It's perfect. Hold them up as high as you can and freeze. Okay? So don't, don't move, though. Just freeze right there. Fro you're frozen. You can't move. Okay? And you're frozen pondering, and you're frozen wondering. He's got to go to the bathroom, too. All right. So you guys are frozen. Don't move. Don't look at me. Just look at them. We, <laughs> we have uh, amazed wonder, just trust me, and we have him pondering, thinking deeply, and she's doing a fantastic job of showing us what it looks like to, to respond in praise. So now you know what it looks like. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, thank you. You go sit with your parents. Go sit with your parents. Thank you guys. There we go. Uh-oh, somebody, somebody help. There we go. You okay? All right. 
All right, so we have wonder, right, amazement, you're standing in awe. We have pondering, he did a good job putting his fist on the chin. And then we have praise, right? These are the three responses that we see. And listen, I don't know if they look like that. But I imagine they were pretty hefty responses to seeing Jesus Christ being born. And that's how they respond. And listen, as we see the good news and as they saw the good news, it changes everything. It requires a response. Do you see that in your life? Do you see some of these responses of wonder as you think about the birth of Jesus, as pondering, thinking deeply about the birth of Jesus, as praising as you see the good news in the birth of Jesus, do you see those responses in your life? Because I think for us as a culture, sometimes, especially at Christmas, we're just okay with Jesus. Do you see that in your own life? You're just okay with Jesus. I mean, you see the cute baby, we sing some cute songs, we have the kids come up, and that's real cute, and we come to church, and we dress nice, and we take some photos, And we just say, I kind of like Jesus, but if I'm honest, I don't love Jesus and I don't want him to affect my life. I don't want to have to respond to this Jesus, to this good news, to ponder it, to wonder at it, or to proclaim it with my praise. But you need to know that's an invalid response. That's an invalid response because Jesus doesn't stay a baby. He grows up to be a man. He lives the perfect life. He dies a death in your place. He rises again, and along the way, he says he's God. Jesus says he's God. And so our response can't just be we're okay with it. And maybe you're here this morning, you're not a believer, we're glad you're here. Maybe you're here this morning, this is your first time at church, we're glad you're here. But you need to know that you have to respond to Jesus. That what we see, even in the Christmas story, in the book of Matthew, is we see King Herod want to kill Jesus. We see the Magi worship Jesus. That that's the spectrum. That you worship Jesus or you hate Jesus. That you praise Jesus or you persecute Jesus. Because he said he's the son of God. Do you see that? That the good news of Jesus, even in his birth, as the Savior comes, it demands a response. Even in verse 21, his name, Jesus, it means God saves. It demands a response. His name is Jesus, God saves, which means you have to recognize that you're in need of saving, that you're a sinner in need of saving, that even his name requires a response, that it changes everything, the way we ponder, wonder, and praise. And so I want to look at those three responses just in our last few moments together and see how this good news changes all of those things for us. It changes the way we think, the way we ponder. It changes the way we feel. It changes our wonder. It changes the way we act, our praise. You think about Christmas, why this is necessary is that all the gifts that you get are going to be forgotten. In a couple weeks, But your response to Jesus in one of these ways could shape your eternity. Do you see that? I know it's a chaotic time. I know it's busy. But all these gifts, all the hustle and bustle and busyness of Christmas 
that that's going to be gone in two weeks and forgotten. But your response to Jesus will shape your entire eternity. And so we need to look at these responses carefully. The first one, that we would think about the good news of Jesus. That we would ponder about God and others at this time of year. A.W. Tozer, an old theologian, said this. He said, what you think about when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So you need to think about what comes to your mind when you think about God, when you think about the good news of Jesus Christ. What comes to your mind? It's the most important thing about you. So I know yesterday, my daughter, my six-year-old daughter, Neela, was walking down the stairs. We've never had stairs before, two-story house, never experienced that before. My biggest nightmare was that somebody, a kid, would fall down the stairs. And yesterday, she makes it halfway, trips over some toys, and falls down the stairs. Like she tumbled down the stairs. It was kind of scary. My biggest nightmare realized. And so we go over, and we say, Neela, are you okay? And we pick her up, we dust her off, and luckily, she was okay. She seemed fine. And then later that night, we went to pick up my parents at the airport. As we're driving around the airport, circling it, because they don't let you park and wait for your people. Just a little FYI about the airport. We're circling around for an hour and a half, and my daughter's like, my head hurts. And and I begin to think, my head hurts too from driving around the airport so many times. But she says, my my head hurts. And so I I say, Neela, are you sure, like, your head's hurting? She's like, yeah, definitely, it hurts, like, from when I fell down the stairs. And so immediately as a dad, I begin to freak out and think concussion, of course, what any dad thinks. And, And so I begin to quiz her. At night in this dark car as we circle around the airport. And I ask her, like, Neela, how, how old are you? How many, uh, sorry, how, how many fingers am I holding up? And she's like, five. And I'm like, what about now? She's like, two. And I'm like, what about now? She's like, three. I'm like, no, that's a thumb. <laughs> and it was a really hard quiz because it was really dark in the car. And she was sitting at the very back of our minivan, so she couldn't even see. But she got them all right. And I'm like, Neela, where were you born? And she says, Dallas, and I'm like, okay, okay, you're okay. And she says, Daddy, you can stop quizzing me now. My head doesn't hurt that bad. (laughs) But listen, why did I ask her all those questions? Why did I ask her all those things? Because what we think about, what we know, says a lot about us, doesn't it? That what we think about What we think about specifically when we think about God, what we know about God is the most important thing about us. And so as we respond to the good news of Jesus Christ being born, we need to think about that. We need to ponder it, who he is, what he's done. And so this morning, as you think about Jesus, think about it for a second. Ponder it for a second. Do you view him as a condemner or do you see his covenantal love? When you think about Jesus, do you view condemnation? Do you see condemnation or do you see covenantal love? When you think about the good news of Jesus and ponder that, do you see a distant father far off? Or do you see a loving person who came, who died, who resurrected? What do you think about? What do you ponder as you look at the good news of Jesus? We need to respond as we ponder and think about who Jesus is. The second thing 
we see is that we need to feel, that we need to have a wonder about the good news of Jesus. Some of us will look at church even and, and think, I'm an intellectual. Like, I'll dial in in the sermon, I'll take notes during that, but the worship, I'll just kind of hold my hands in my pocket because I'm not very emotional. I don't get into that. I love the sermon, don't love the worship. Some of us are the opposite. And we'll say, man, I love the worship. I love when we're singing songs and I can raise my hands and praise Jesus. But the sermon, I kind of fall asleep in that. Because I'm not very intellectual. I'm more of an emotional person. You need to know that all of those things are closely tied together. That if we're following Jesus, seeing Jesus rightly, that all of those things are closely tied together. That what we think about will be what we care about. And what we care about, we're going to praise. You see that? That what we think about, the things we think about God, what we know about God, will lead to what we care about, our feelings, our emotions, our wonder. And our wonder will lead to what we praise. So are you responding in wonder to God? As you look at the good news of Jesus being born, are you responding with wonder? As we sing songs about Jesus... Are you only critiquing the songs? Are you only looking around at what everybody else is doing instead of looking at Jesus Christ, the Savior who's come into the world and responding in wonder? We need to respond in wonder. The third way we need to respond is we need to act. We need to think, feel, act, ponder, wonder, and praise. And praise isn't just a song, it's a lifestyle. It's how we use our time it's how we use our treasure. It's how we use our, our talent. That how we act. Listen, the tragedy of Christmas, the tragedy of this season is that you're here at church today and you're pondering on Jesus Christ. You're responding in wonder to Jesus Christ. But some of us will go into the new year and we'll lose all of that. We'll think that was a sweet time during Christmas to get to know Jesus but now I need to focus on some other things. I need to drop 10 pounds, right? I need to get my finances in order. I mean, that was cute and sweet at Christmas. I love the songs. I love the Christmas service. I love the photos and the decorations. But now I need to move on to some more important things. And maybe by Easter, you'll think about Jesus again. That's a tragedy of Christmas. That's a tragedy of this good news. If that's what happens to you, it's like my friend who keeps a lot of gift cards. People give him gift cards, and he doesn't use them right away. He keeps them, and he puts them in his drawer. And it drives me nuts because I do the opposite. So just so you know, if you give me a gift card, I'm going to go use it. Right? I'm going to put it to good use. If any of you want to go give me a gift card, <laughs> I'm going to put it to good use right away. I want to go use it. My friend, the other way around, he thinks on a rainy day, I'll need this gift card. Well, one day... A store to one of the gift cards that he had, Borders, some of you know, closed. And he had two $25 gift cards to Borders that he could never use. And so I made known to him, you should have used your gift cards, man. Like, why were you saving these? You should have used them because now you can't. And they're just sitting in his drawer, and other gift cards are just sitting in his drawer, and he's not using them. You see, some of us are like that about Christmas. 
that you and I have experienced and received. If you're here today, you've experienced the good news of Jesus Christ, that a Savior has come to earth. That's a good news that you should receive. And some of you will receive that, and then you'll leave it in a drawer. Say, maybe I'll use that on a rainy day. Maybe I'll use that if things get difficult. Maybe I'll use that at Easter. Maybe I'll use that one day if I experience loss or conflict or difficulty. And then I'll act. And then I'll praise Jesus. Listen, that's like leaving gift cards in a drawer and never using them. You need to take the good news of Jesus and not just sing about it, but live a life that resembles it. That we leave here and it changes not only our December, but our January and our February and our March. That it changes not only our Sunday, but it changes the other six days of the week. That our response as we look at the good news of Jesus, it needs to encompass a thinking, a feeling, an acting in response to the magnitude of what Jesus has done. I want us to live what we are learning I hope you've learned some new things about a story that's familiar to you, but I want us to live that out. Here's two things. You can write them down if you have a pen and paper. The first thing is this, so we can see ourselves think, feel, act in response to Christmas. It's create space this Christmas. I know it's busy. I know it's hard to create space, but listen, you need to make it happen. Some of you don't think, feel, or act in response to Jesus because you don't ever have time to do that. You don't ever give yourself a quiet moment to do that. Create space. Maybe that means you say no to one of these parties. Maybe that means instead of opening up gifts all day, you take a second and you read the Christmas story as a family. Maybe that means you teach your kids about what it means to be generous and you go give gifts to somebody else. You create space this Christmas to ponder, to wonder, to praise. The second thing is that you don't let it stop with Christmas, that you create rhythms in your life where you do this beyond Christmas. What does it look like as friends, what does it look like with my family to create a cycle, a rhythm in my life, disciplines in my life where I can have time to wonder, to ponder, to praise because of the good news of Jesus Christ? I'd invite you to think about that as we proceed this Christmas. I'd invite some of you to respond for the first time. Many of you can't ponder or wonder or praise because you don't really know who Jesus is. You can't respond to it because you haven't received it. Earlier in Luke 2, the angel proclaimed Jesus as Christ and Lord. That Jesus is our Savior, he's Christ, and he's Lord. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to look, look at me now. Your response to Jesus is to trust him as Savior and to trust him as Lord. And that you can do that this morning. That you would simply say to Jesus, I trust you as Savior, meaning he takes away your sin. And that you would say to Jesus, I give my life to you as Lord. I trust you as Savior because you take away my sin. I give my life to you as Lord because you lived, died, and resurrected on my behalf. Listen, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never responded for the first time, I invite you to respond this morning. That Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus, that it split history into two. Do you see that? 
that today there's a few billion people celebrating the same thing you and I are celebrating. There's something bigger going on, and you need to respond to it. Being okay with Jesus is not a valid response. You need to trust him as Savior and Lord. If that's you, if this clicked for the first time, listen to me right now. I want you to take a moment and tell Jesus that you trust him as Savior and you trust him as Lord. You can stop listening to me and start talking to him. You can do that now. And you can begin to respond to this Jesus And not just today during Christmas when it's cute, but you can begin to respond to Jesus for the rest of your life and praise him and ponder him and respond in wonder to him. I invite you to do that. If you did that this morning, there's a couple things you can do. You can come to me after the service. I would love to pray with you and follow up with you. You can write it on the little connect card that you got when you walked in. Just say, I met Jesus today. I trusted Jesus today. I have questions about Jesus today. Just drop that in the offering in a few moments. Come talk to me, and we'd love to follow up with you as we respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. If you know Jesus, we're going to celebrate, we're going to praise, we're going to wonder at who Jesus is in just a moment as we sing. And so let's prepare our hearts to do that now as we pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these men and women. I thank you for these kids. I thank you for the opportunity to celebrate Jesus Christ, to respond to this good news. God, I pray that we wouldn't just hear some cute stories. We wouldn't just dress up nice and then think about Jesus maybe in the new year sometime. God, that we would respond now in wonder as we ponder as we praise. And God, I pray for those who don't know you that they would begin to trust you for the first time. As Savior, as Lord. God, the parents in here with their kids, as as chaotic as maybe this morning has felt, as maybe there's some things that their kids didn't understand, that they would take this opportunity to talk to them about Jesus, the good news that Jesus is their Savior. God, if nothing else happened today, that our families would begin to ponder you together, to do that with their kids, to praise you together, even as we respond in song. Yeah, we ask for your help. It's by your spirit, through your word. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.